Bagseed Chronicles is a podcast about cannabis and the people who enjoy it. I hope to provide commentary about cannabis cultivation, cannabis enjoyment, cannabis as an herbal remedy, and hopefully continued cannabis liberation. Now join me, Uncle Dig, and let's overgrow the world. guys welcome to the bagseed chronicles this is uncle dig um we've got a pretty cool show for you today uh, a little bit later on we're gonna have a guest we're gonna have roll and smokes on to tell us a little bit about his uh galise grow um back in the day um but first um i want to talk about a few admin things for the podcast right so um i'm gonna be changing DAWs that I use, right? So a digital audio workstation, right? It's the software I use to uh, process the sound of my voice speaking into the microphone, right? Um, and I also use it to uh, uh, clean up the music and cut stuff uh, like bumper music and edit stuff and try to clean out black background noise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, well, Audacity recently came out with um which is the DAW I use remember recently came out with an updates to its terms of service where they're going to be long story short it sounds like they're going to be open to uh giving stuff to law enforcement whereas before they weren't so the nature of this podcast we handle a sensitive subject right and I don't always want um I, I definitely wouldn't want federal uh, law enforcement right to be able to have access to my unedited audio just because I, I mean I'm look I I just don't want to add any uh, you know I want my guests to feel comfortable I'm not going to add I'm not going to take an unnecessary risk so I'm going to slowly but surely learn a different DAW called Reaper um, and so that's going to take me a little bit of time there may be some hiccups I'm going to try to come out with, at bare minimum, a garden update next week. Um, but if you notice any difference in the sound quality of the episodes moving forward for a little while, that might be why. Um, now, of course, all, everything up to here has been in Audacity, so I'm going to move all that stuff over. And you know, Once I get a good foothold in um, Reaper, I'll probably delete all of the uh, audio files and I'll be pulling in from MP from the mp3s that uh, audacity has generated and hopefully that will solve the old uh, bacon problem so with that being said we're gonna have a garden update before we uh, get along to the interview with Roland smokes um, everyone's really excited who grows weed this year seems to be going well for a lot of people. So let's cross our fingers, knock on wood, and hope this season keeps going as well as it has been. And without uh, further ado, let's get to a garden update. <laughs> Uncle Dick's garden update. Hey, all you eight b out there. 
That's the gardening zone and an internet joke. Huh, it's pretty funny. So, welcome to the garden update, right? So all of our photo periods are getting uh, an extra dose of nitrogen every Friday, right? Our otter flowers are in mid-flower, except for the tangerine dream. The tangerine dream is hanging, drying behind me. So that's exciting. I harvested today, and so I've got that. I'm sitting on that. I'm sitting on a big pile, probably like... Might even be two ounces there. We'll find out. Probably not. Probably like probably like an ounce of plant. Um, maybe even half ounce of plant. But it's weed in the house, which makes me happy. Um, no issues. We've uh, dusted with diatomaceous earth. We uh, on Wednesday. We've been I've been rinsing off the plants every day in the morning, and I've been watering anywhere from two to three gallons per thirty gallon smart pot per day. They may need more soon. I'm not sure. Not a lot going on. We're in just in full veg. We're fertilizing. These are some of the biggest plants I've ever had, so they are thirsty. They don't skip watering days. They're going to be over my head this year for sure. I'm really excited. And if you want to see some pictures of some of my uh, garden adventures, you should check out my Instagram, at Uncle Dig. Yeah, yeah, nothing really significant to report in the garden. Everything's going well. I do have a new bug, right? I have a population of hoverflies in my garden. If you don't know what hoverflies are, they're a little fly. Some of them look like bees. They're pollinators, but the adults aren't what I'm excited about. It's their eggs. See, what hoverflies like to do is they like to lay their eggs next to aphid colonies. And when their little maggot fly larvae come out, guess what they do? They eat ladybugs. Um, no, they don't eat ladybugs. They don't eat ladybugs. That's dumb. That would suck. No, they eat the aphids. <laughs> so they eat the aphids. And uh, that's really cool. Um, and I wonder if that's why I'm not having as much of a problem with aphids. Also, I've taken to... Uh, killing the white butterflies in my yard when I see them so that they won't lay eggs on my plants and give me budworms. So that's, we'll see how effective that is. Of course, I'm also spraying with Bacillus thuringiensis. Now, I didn't spray last week, but I probably spray that this week, followed by Dr. Zymes. So that's probably what's going to happen the next couple of weeks. In case you're wondering what I'm doing for IPM, I'm probably not going to do another ladybug release because I see the hoverflies in the garden and I still see some ladybugs around the garden from my last release, I think. So I think I'm good on ladybugs. I don't use predator mites, although I understand that a lot of people have had success with them. I just haven't used them. That's it for our garden update today, July 9th. Everybody get out there, plant a seed, cultivate, right? Let's overgrow the world. Let's do it! Coming up here in just a moment, we have our uh, in, our interview with uh, Roland Smokes on location somewhere out in the mountains of Oregon, right? However, one thing I wanted to mention, the uh, mystery strain that we never actually say the name of, of the cuts that he has that he likes, uh, that's Jaeger again. We both really like Jaeger or Purple Hindu Kush or whatever you want to call it. Um, Jaegermeister should be happy for the press. It's free advertising. Quit your bitching. Anyway... Here's the interview with Roll and Smokes. Live. <coughs> hey, Roll and Smokes. Welcome to Backseed Chronicles. It's good to talk to you again. 
I brought you back on because you uh, left us a teaser last time about uh, the Galise Grows back in the day. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about the garden you just showed me. Um, those plants are beautiful. Are all of those Jaeger? Yes, they are the, the, the symbol of the Jaeger of Southern Oregon. They are definitely a cut off the strain of the vine that everybody's looking for. I am fortunate to know people in the industry that still have this stuff and it's so rare but one company as I told you last time I think you looked it up yourself does have the strain yeah and they're out in Cave Junction now those plants are beautiful they're almost chest high and they're in the ground now how big can those, do you think those plants may get if everything goes right in autumn um, for for harvest, I, I feel like they could probably be anywhere from five to seven pound plants. And for people who haven't been out in, a, in an area that's being cultivated on this scale, um, not talking about number of plants, just how right. big the plants get, um, how tall is that for the listener at home? Um, about, about any, well, it depends on the type of plant. There's a couple ways to look at that. Some plants are more uh, sativa cross than indica, so they grow taller. So they um, have more out, let's say, in some ways, but they're lighter buds. Okay. And then the ones that are indica grow a little shorter, have tighter buds. So the weight, you know, height and weight, it can vary. But like on these plants, the buds are dense. So when you're talking like a seven-foot plant, you're talking an easy five pounds bud, if not more, because of the density of the buds. Right. And those, are, and those plants are, are being grown out into almost their shape kind of resemb resembling a giant ball, right? Yep. You're pulling them apart a little bit to let more light into into the part that's not getting light to create a, a mushroom and then kind of a ball shape, right? Yeah, correct, correct. They grow up to that. And then when the bud stage starts, it's kind of unique. They're the most unique plants out of all of them I've watched. Their buds just kind of shoot out of that ball. You start getting buds just coming out of it. It's like shoots it off, come up. It's pretty cool. It isn't just like you're growing the cola out the middle. They're a total different plant that way. But they're really fun to watch grow, too. I agree with you. They're very beautiful plants, and their growth pattern is uh, unique to some of the other cultivars. They do get these weird, like almost like runners, but they're buds, right. where you'll have like your normal mass of like colas and whatever, and then for whatever reason, you'll have, you know... This giant branch that's just like covered in bud, like an arm, and it's shoot. It's out like two, two and a half, three feet from the main mass. It's crazy. Yeah, easy. So those are going to be some big, beautiful plants. I hope I get to see them while they're flowering. Um, but let's go back to a time. Now, when you were growing in Galicia, you don't have to give me an exact time frame. But what decade were you out in the hills doing? It was in the 80s. In the 80s? Yeah, it was like, uh, let's say mid to late 80s we were doing that out there. Wow, okay. So mid to late 80s, you're out in the forest. So how did you get introduced? Did someone just mention like, hey, I got a job, and then you just started working with them all hush-hush? Or No, a friend of mine and I got a hold of some seeds, and we decided we were going to grow marijuana because we like smoking it. Well, we tried growing it at home, you know, doing the old funny. We didn't know Jack. Didn't know Jack about Jack. <laughs> and just was trying to grow them. And we kind of grew them, and then, you know, we never got to the point because we ended up killing them before they ever got mature. So we never really got to see. Then we had the opportunity. 
we got some bud and it was probably I don't know what strain it was but it had to be strong sativa because it was the tallest bud I've ever seen but I started growing them and then I had to leave this is later on I'm just kind of getting off track here but it was probably one of the biggest strains I saw but with this fail and attempt we finally figured out female plants and it was probably probably 88 when we finally figured out that we could grow them bigger than two and a half feet in our closet with fluorescent lights we thought we could do this outside so that's when it comes down to growing in Galice so y'all decide that y'all are going to go out into an unmanaged area and, and, and cultivate some cannabis plants well I had knowledge because I, I, I was I lived out there in my grandmother's place and I had knowledge of it so I knew kind of the area and the one thing I did know was how one of the places well there's a ton of places out in Galicia that get their water from springs out in the hills above them or old abandoned vine shafts that just that's how they get their water so I knew of a place where I could tap into their source bury the line and get my own water okay without hurting them because I knew they had an overflow already because they were overflowing on a tank that they had. So they were wasting water as it was. So I figured if I was slowing down their water a little bit, they weren't losing anything. Okay. Okay, so you tapped into an overflow pipe in someone's irrigation that was just going into well, an overflow. actually, we tapped into their flow pipe. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, damn, it. all right. <laughs> because we wanted more water than what the overflow would do, and we couldn't do it without exposing it. So we found a spot where the, the pipe was pretty buried, and leaves and whatnot and didn't have any issues so we went in and we dug in really carefully and we tapped into it teed into it and went on a smaller scale off of it so they wouldn't miss it and we'd only used it when we had to water um timers were not right like they are now or else we would have been golden so right. it was like going out there once a day and making sure they and got turning water. it on yeah. right and then making sure while you were doing that nobody's seen you going up there or doing what you're doing. You had to be so incognito it wasn't funny. So so on this on this grow, did you put the plants in the ground or did you amend the soil? The soil that was there, we just dug out. The soil that was there was great. It was dark brown. It was perfect. We didn't do anything. I mean, we didn't know about adding additives to soil back then, but we knew this was nutritious soil. And it was. We just, we weren't trying to kill it the first time we did this. We planted like three or four plants. It wasn't like we were trying to make them. We were doing it for us. Right. No selling. We were just potheads, one in our own pot and share. And it turned out really strange because we got an indica strain. I don't know what the hell it was. But our plants never really turned into like little Christmas trees. They just kept growing straight up and they turned out like big buds. Just giant buds. Oh, you got one of those weird ones that grows up like a stick with a bud yeah. on the top of it, right? Yeah, it was. but they were like three foot tall. <laughs> and they were like one giant bud that seemed like, but it wasn't like one bud. It was like chunks of bud. Right. Off of, but it seemed like one bud when you looked at it. But it was really cool growing because it had these huge leaves that came off of it. I mean, huge leaves. And we just let it go because we knew it was female. And then the other one kind of grew the same way, but stunted. And the other one, um, I don't know what happened, but we lost half of it. I don't know what happened. So, so your first outdoor, you know, four plant grow, how, how much did you yield, do you think? I don't know. We never weighed it. We just smoked it and gave it away. 
I'd say maybe if we're lucky, maybe four or five pounds. Maybe. 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 Okay. And that's being grand, you know, numbers. But more realistically, when I think about it, probably three. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they went full season from the beginning of the year to the end. Yep. 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 Okay. That's really cool. And so you were doing that for a while. Um, you were tapping into someone's uh, <laughs> irrigation line. and you But it was small scale. So like you said, four plants, they really wouldn't notice. You're only pumping like six gallons per plant a day probably, right? Yeah. Especially early in the year. Yeah. And then their water usage will go up right along with yours. Yep. So they never noticed. Correct. Wow, that's so crazy. And so... So you harvest, and did you go back to the same spot, or did you switch it around? No, went back to the same spot just because we didn't get caught. Yeah. So we tried again. We did more plants this time, and we were doing great. We did we did like eight plants because we figured if we could do four, we could do eight. Right. Just experiment, and if we figured we got six pounds, we might be able to sell some of this shit. Right. Now we're thinking a little grander, you know? So we did that. And for some reason, we went hunting that weekend, and we didn't go out and water, and we went back out, and guess what? We had two plants left. They died? No, somebody decided to take the other six. Just ripped you? Yeah. We so got, you got ripped to your second outdoor grow? Yeah, they figured out what we were doing, and they took all of our... We, we were within harvest. Hunting season's at harvest time. And they took our shit. Well, and see, and I and I always kind of, I made that decision when I started cultivating that I probably wasn't going to hunt very much if I was going to be growing cannabis. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, we just decided it'd be okay. Nobody knew, you know. Yeah, right. But anyways. Someone's, someone always knows when you go on vacation during harvest time, I feel like. It's something, but it's like, it's okay. It was a lesson. So I ended up not growing there again. Yeah. And then I did two more before I, um, yeah, yeah, I did two more before I stopped growing outdoors. Um, no, I did one more grow. It was two grows there, and then I did one more grow. I, I, I um, found a claim on a creek that wasn't uh, taken, so oh. I claimed it, and I became a miner. Okay, a mining claim, gotcha. Yeah, a mining claim, and I had 40 acres. Oh, okay. So I was doing a little mining on it, and all of a sudden I realized, I could maybe do some growing on this. <laughs> this is a really incognito spot. Nobody would ever see it unless they were really down here looking. And we, a good buddy of mine, <laughs> helped me with it. We had it, and we would go down, and we would tend to it. The cool thing was the mine had the creek running right in the middle of it, so it was real easy for us to divert water for us to, we just... Oh yeah, we just dug a pool where we could get buckets of water and watered our plants. For for those of you who aren't from uh, Southern Oregon, a lot of what uh, the industry here that got people to move out here was placer gold mining. Placer gold mining is different than traditional gold mining. You're not finding a vein. You're finding large deposits of placer gold in old riverbeds and stuff along current riverbeds. So what, what Bob was doing was not looking for main uh, vein gold ore. He was looking for placer deposits. Correct. Which is where a lot a lot of the remote mining still happens, looking for placer, department, pla- placer deposits of gold in the mountains that still may exist. That's true. And it was a it was a great fun thing to do to go, but then all of a sudden I decided we could grow some pot there, and we thought it was the greatest thing in the world. We were doing great. It was a fall day, and it was like back then those days the sheriffs used to go out to to gorilla grows and bust them all the time. Oh yeah, they would find them. They'd do flyovers. 
but lucky for me, my knowledge because my I had a family member that was a helicopter pilot for Columbia, and they described updrafts. So I learned about updrafts, and they had to fly kind of in that area. So I kind of knew the canyons that had updrafts that they couldn't fly. And for me, where I planted my stuff, I knew they couldn't fly because of the updraft. So I was a little smarter than your average gorilla grower. But I only grew there one year. Yeah. Did well. But in the middle of that last fall term, me and my buddy that was helping me, we were standing down because part of my mind was in a switchback on the road. And we watched 14 sheriff cars drive by us with a state trooper following them with a cage for going to get illegal grows. We stood there and watched them. And I don't think they saw us. Not one of those cars saw us. They were just going out to some other place. Yeah, they, they were going mind. out to bust somebody else. Oh, man. And we were standing there right in our plants watching them going, Oh, God. Oh, God. We're going to get busted. And when they all drove by and we sat there freaking out for a little bit, we realized they didn't really even see us. They were too busy on their mission. They weren't looking in the woods. They had a point that yeah. they were going to so already. So we knew we were like, yay. So naturally we backed our vehicle out of there because we had a spot where the vehicle could go down and you couldn't see it really from either road. Yeah. So we backed out of there and we went home. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't go out there for four days, but it was cool enough that it was okay. And then we were able to harvest and I decided no more. That was too much. I had too much to lose by doing that. Yeah, so you ended up, you stopped outdoor growing. Did you still cultivate at home indoors a little bit after that, or did you kind of take a break? No, I took a total break. Didn't do anything for probably 15, 20 years, and then here I am now. Right, so you, you kind of picked it up with the medical card. Yep. Oh, yeah, when they gave us the opportunity again. Heck, yeah. But now it's all changed. The game has changed. There's so many strains out there. Oh, yeah. You know, you know the one thing, if you're new to it, I would suggest is, is try everything. And find what you like. Because if you don't know what you're going to like, what really unlocks your keys, what makes you feel good, which works in a way of not only promoting, let's say, high, but actually makes your emotional well-being feel better. And you probably have smoke pot that makes you feel that way. Okay. It'll settle yourself. It'll calm the soul. That's what you should look for in this. Because once you find it, it's a beautiful thing to have that when you're not feeling so great those days. To be able to tune in and tune out is what I call it. It makes you tune into yourself and be aware that that outside stuff doesn't affect you. And, and I would say, um, when you're trying, when you're trying stuff, and you're experiencing things, don't let anyone tell you that it's a strain's played out or whatever. All that matters is how it treats your head and your exactly. body. And these strains that are kind of like the greatest hits, right? Like <laughs> your Girl Scout cookies, your Jaegers, your OGs, right? They're popular for a reason. They, ha they each have a benefit, but their benefit might be different for right. different people. So I would encourage everyone to explore. Yes, yes, definitely. Like you said, because every one of them affects you differently. Every strain. I've smoked hundreds of strains being that I worked in the field for so long I mean probably more like probably a thousand different types of weed go try them try them all you know the thing you'll find out is that the one that actually unlocks and makes you feel the best isn't the one that's going to get you that stone maybe and maybe it is because you'll be so relaxed to let that get you that stone and it isn't the highest THC you know everybody thinks oh man I gotta have the highest THC to give me stone that isn't true 
I've smoked some pot that was uh, CBD that was 14% and it had THC at 7% and it got me high as all get out. And I didn't realize that the CBD that high in the THC would, would even get me high, but it did. So it's what you, unlocks your brain, actually, for your flavor is what I call it. There is a strain that I've taken to growing called CBD Dutch Treat, and it's from Crop King Scenes up in Canada, and it's got a 4% THC level and an 8% T- THC, uh, no, 8%, 8% CBD. So it's more CBD than it is THC. But if you smoke that in the morning, you'll go on a little journey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe, <laughs> I believe if you have two to one, like two CBD to one THC, I think that that's a great combination. And like you said, in the morning, that combination, what he's talking about, the one I was too, is an awesome morning starter. It just puts you in a good frame of mind, gets your body going. And um, you, I noticed you're growing some vegetables out back too. You're growing, uh, you said, Anaheim chilies, right? Yep. And you're growing um, onions, which look really good. So that's exciting. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to the Bagseed Chronicles audience before we get out of here? Yeah, one thing. Just uh, be kind to yourself and enjoy smoking your pot. Really enjoy it. We're getting more to be, it's getting closer to be a federal level. I've been hearing rumors, and hopefully we'll be there in the next five years. Well, that would be, uh, I hope I hope that's an accurate prediction from Roland Smokes, legal federal weed in five years. Thanks, everybody. Let's overgrow the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of maybe, maybe not all ages, gather around and Uncle Dig will sing you a campfire song. this podcast remember the best bag seeds are the ones that are shared with like-minded friends if you enjoyed this episode of the bag seed chronicles please share it around thank you for listening to bag seed chronicles you can contact me on instagram at uncle dig or at my email uncle dig four at gmail.com the producer of the music found on this podcast is chad de he can be found on youtube at ukuleles are stupid 
and on Instagram at Chadwick Enterprises.